This episode is brought to you by TBS. It's October, and that means the MLB postseason is back on TBS. You can watch the biggest and brightest in the American League take the field and battle it out for a spot in the World Series. There will be crazy hits and clutch performances, jaw-dropping action from the Division Series on October 11th, and, of course, you have to watch the crowning of the next American League champion. Catch the best of the MLB postseason all month long on TBS. heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how payday can come every day by entering their contests with huge cash prizes up for grabs. This week is jam-packed with action ranging from basketball to golf, hockey, and DraftKings has plenty of ways for you to have a front row seat to all the action. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Each player has a salary associated with drafting them. Assemble a lineup of players while staying under the salary cap and then sit back and watch your points pile up. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using promo code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Again, that's promo code THPN only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is March. That's right. We have a new month on our hands. It's Monday, March the 1st. Ian Cameron, Jimmy Murphy, and we are here ready to break down the Monday NHL betting card as we do each and every day. We're here seven days a week with the Ice Guys NHL Hockey Betting Show, the one and only of its kind that's here every single day during the season, breaking down every single game from a betting perspective. Uh, We've got an interesting Monday card coming up. Once again, we've got a lot of rematches uh, from games that we saw with the same two teams over the weekend. We'll get to those in just a second. Brief look back on what we saw yesterday. Quickly, I mean, the Buffalo Sabres continue to be lost in the clouds. Another just dreadful performance at home against Philadelphia. Uh, Getting shut out in back-to-back games against the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, I think Rob Ray, who works the broadcasts with Rick Jennerette, uh, locally in Buffalo, said it best at the end of the game. He says, well, when you look back at this weekend, the Buffalo Sabres uh, get shut out in back-to-back home games. I don't think you need to say anything more than that, he said. So, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it when it comes to the uh, Buffalo Sabres right now. Just uh, the team, once again, can't get out of their own way. Uh, the Washington Capitals with a win against New Jersey. And how about the Chicago Blackhawks yesterday Putting the boots to the Detroit Red Wings, a best bet winner for me on the show yesterday with the Blackhawks in regulation. And congratulations to number 88 for the Chicago Blackhawks, Patrick Kane, uh, his 400th goal in the National Hockey League. Uh, Absolutely outstanding career. Uh, And to get to number 400 last night, a a marvelous future Hall of Fame-bound career. And, And the fact that he is still going strong well over a decade into this league now for him. 
Uh, it goes to show you the work ethic. The the skill is not diminished one bit. Hell, if you watch Chicago games all year, you know that firsthand. Uh, congrats, Patrick Kane, on 400 goals uh, in his mm -hmm. NHL career. Jimmy Murphy, what do you think of what we saw on Sunday? Well, yeah, I'll, I'll pass that. Congrats along as well to Patrick Kane. Many, speaking of disasters in Buffalo, he's come a long way from his little disaster in Buffalo he had many years ago. Uh, he's grown up <laughs> yeah. and he's become a leader. Oh. Yeah, yeah, he's become a leader though, you know, and he's he's he he curled his behavior, he got his his you know what together, and uh, you know, kudos to him for what he's done in his career and what he continues to do. Like we said, I think it was Saturday or Friday. I was talking to you guys. He he's kind of the the heart trophy candidate that nobody's really talking about right now. I mean, he has to be up there with Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid right now. Uh, no ifs and buts. Uh, so. Uh, a great season he's having, and he's got many more milestones left, I'm sure. So congrats to him. And, and, and you know, I, I had my best bet that hit. There was the uh, the Bruins and regulation. And, you know, once again, that leadership core and their best players, when they need to, when their backs are against the walls, with the exception of maybe a game six or a game seven in the Stanley Cup final, other than that, they show up. Uh, and they, they really do deliver and get the job done. And, and they set the tone from the opening shift. Uh, just really going after Ryan Lingren, who had been a thorn in their side in the previous game, uh, and sending a message they weren't going to be pushed around. So uh, the Bruins are a good lock there. I think they might turn things around now. So look look to them going forward. But I'm seeing in our chat room right now, of course, our man Terry Edelman uh, pumping up the wild. But I agree with them. Another team that's been fun to watch. Uh, and I, I think really, oh, man, was that – that was hockey uniform porn on Saturday uh, to see the Wild and those North Stars unis and then the Kings in those purple and yellow Kings unis, that was just great. I felt like I was playing Blades of Steel back in the day, showing my age there. So uh, good stuff there and uh, looking forward to a good week of hockey now. No, it definitely is. Um, we're, it's it's going to be an interesting week ahead. It's a very important week ahead for some teams. You know, you talk about teams that are middling, the Calgary Flames. This is an important week for them. Montreal yeah. Canadiens, this is an important week for them, these teams that are struggling. The Columbus Blue Jackets, who are all of a yeah. sudden back in the tank again and can't get out of their own way at this point in time, losing back-to-back -back games to the Nashville Predators, heat turning up on John Tortorella. There's a it's, big yeah. week coming up for them. We'll get to that in a bit. I, I don't. Well, I, you know what? Let me just say now, I don't agree with this heat on John Tortorella, Ian, because – you know, and, and it's funny, you see all these, guys, these reporters asking him that. Of course he doesn't feel any pressure right now. He basically just chased Dubois out. I mean, obviously the GM is is siding with him. Is the GM going to turn around after getting his back with the whole Pierre-Luc Dubois situation? Is he going to turn around and fire him now because they're on a skid? I, I don't think so. I mean, it seems to me there's a harmonious relationship there between Yarmo Kikilanian and, and John Tortorella. So unless something comes down from ownership to get rid of this guy, I, I don't think it's happening. I mean, it, you know, maybe in the offseason because he's a free agent, but – I don't sense the heat that everyone else is sensing just based on what happened with Dubois. Well, they, they, they've been a playoff team under Tortorella. You know, they knocked off Tampa Bay in a stunning upset two years ago, and they got back to the playoffs in the bubble last year. They're having obviously a tough time right now, and they're just not getting both components of their game functioning yeah. and clicking at the same time. Like earlier this season, the Jackets are so solid defensively, couldn't put the puck in the net. They get Lion A, and they were scoring goals in bunches, and they couldn't keep the puck out of their own net. And now the last few games, it's gone back in the other direction again. Start, They've stopped scoring the last few games, and the defense has gotten better, but they're not scoring now. And, that, and that's not been enough to get them to win hockey games. So it's been just 
up and down. They've just not gotten both ends of the ice going at the same time. Offense, defense, and, and it continues to be uh, a struggle for uh, Columbus. But, uh, yeah, I think that's a guy that maybe you want to pump the brakes a little bit at least uh, on, you know, the, the, the push and the red, the red button, the fire button. Uh, when it comes to John Tortorella. Look, I know that, that he is some one of those coaches that eventually at some point the message gets tuned out and you stop listening. Right. He's just one of those coaches. It, it gets grading after a long period of time when you have someone that's just working you as hard and, and pushing the players as hard as John Tortorella does. The question is, are we at that point yet with Columbus? I'm not so sure. Uh, but that's why this week is going to be telling. In that regard, and just overall, if the team can get keep themselves afloat in the playoff race, this is an important week definitely uh, for the Jackets uh, coming up. Speaking of teams that it's an important week for, I, I mentioned them just a second ago, and they're playing in the first game that we're going to break down on this Monday card, the Calgary Flames, mm-hmm. as they uh, look to uh, win the uh, third and final of the uh, three-game series against the Ottawa Senators. I guess you could call this – uh, the rubber match. We've got Calgary here uh, laying about minus 150 to minus 155 as road favorites. Uh, the total six across the board. Uh, the Flames had uh, definitely a breakout performance on Saturday. They meant business. They came out strong and they didn't look back, uh, taking care of the Ottawa Senators uh, in a very decisive victory on Saturday. We'll see if they can carry it over here to tonight uh, against Ottawa. But hey, this is the kind of perform. This is the this is what you need from Calgary. What we saw from them. Uh, on Saturday because uh, you look at the way the Flames played in that game uh, it was getting everybody on board you know they got the offense rolling again finally uh, for the first time in a long time in that six to in that uh, six to uh, six to two victory uh, in that game uh, now can they keep it going uh, because I thought it was a really much better game from Monaghan Goudreau and Matthew Kachuk who finally said you know what I know I'm a pest I know I'm an irritant but I've also got to start getting my offensive production going for this team to help them in that uh, regard. He did that uh, on Saturday in the victory against Ottawa. Uh, it was a tough day for Matt Murray. Uh, you would think he'll be back in net for the uh, Senators. It will be David Riddick once again in net for Calgary. Jacob Markstrom closing in on a return, but not quite ready to return to the crease tonight. So it'll be David Riddick in net. The way I see it for Calgary, this is a game you, you got to get these two out of three against Ottawa. I think if you lose tonight, and you go one and two against Ottawa, you know, you split with uh, Toronto uh, before that, and really you got outplayed in the in both games, but Riddick was good enough to steal you the first game. I don't know if that's going to be something that's going to be, wow, that's a great road trip if you lose this game tonight. I don't think Calgary can look at it as a good road trip if they lose this game tonight. I'm passing on the side because I think Calgary probably wins the game tonight, but I'm not at all comfortable laying a buck 50 or so with them on the road. I do think the game goes over the total because, look, we've seen two overs back-to-back. I don't trust Riddick. I really don't because he came back down to earth in the game. He got pulled against Ottawa, and Matt Murray you know, struggled. The last game, Calgary found their offense. They said, hey, we've got to continue to play a little bit more of a north-south game. They did that on Saturday. So I think we could see some goals both ways. The over's the way I'm going uh, when it comes to Flame Senators. Jimmy, anything for you with uh, Calgary and Ottawa? Yeah, I'm going to come right out and do a Jimmy Puck line off the get-go here. Uh, I, I like them to to take care of business here. I, I think they're starting to find their groove. And I know we, we've been guilty of saying that before. They, they seem to turn a lot of corners, but then they don't. Uh, but I think we're finally going to get that with the Calgary Flames here as we go on. And I mean, they're just, they're just too good. Not, you know, not to be 
uh, like the team we saw last year. So give me the Calgary Flames minus one and a half. And I look at maybe Matthew Kachuk on a, uh, a goal prop as well. All right. So maybe looking at Matthew Kachuk as well to score tonight, uh, goal scoring props. And again, because this is someone that, you know, had, find, had some trouble scoring and then all of a sudden finds the back of the net the other day, something that maybe can uh, keep going here. So uh, Jimmy Puckline, Calgary, minus one and a half here uh, for Jimmy Murphy with the uh, Flames uh, taking on uh, the Senators. Uh, you can get that here at about uh, plus 160. So a nice a plus money price tag on the Flames yeah. puck line there. We move on to Carolina and Florida as their little series uh, goes on. We've got the uh, Hurricanes and Panthers, about even money, minus 110 here on both sides, the total six across the board. Uh, you know what? I was worried, like you wouldn't believe, in the third period of Carolina, Florida. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Florida's been so good to me. I've cashed so many times with them. What the hell was I thinking going against them on Saturday when they roared back from that 2 nothing deficit uh, to tie the game in the third? But then Carolina goes ahead, and I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to escape here. But no, Florida ties it with two minutes to go. 3-3, the Cardiac Cats. I know uh, Steve yeah. Goldstein, who does the television games on, in Florida down there, Goldie on Ice, that's a great Twitter handle. He's got Goldie on ice, but he always calls them the cardiac cats this year because they've had so many comebacks. And sure enough, I thought they were going to pull off another one. Uh, but then uh, Carolina rescues themselves, I guess you could say, to get the win 4-3 in a shootout. So I had Carolina in that game and the over, cashed both uh -huh. of them on Saturday. Um, in this game, I'm going to go Florida in the over. Uh, in this game, I'm not going to deviate from the over. We've seen both of these teams generate offense. You know, both of the games go over the total between these two teams. Florida played in Carolina last Monday. That game ended 4-3 uh, as well. We had uh, Carolina and Florida on Saturday. That game ended 4-3. Mm -hmm. Both of them go over the total. Like I said, the goaltending for both of these teams is, I think, somewhat suspect. I know Chris Drieger will be in net. He's been the better of the two probably than Bobrovsky, although Bobrovsky had been a little bit better the last couple. And then on the other side, just, you know, Nadelkovich will get the start tonight between him and Reimer. You know, that's definitely not a goaltending duo I can see. I see, you know, completely shutting down this Florida team here tonight in this one. So, and Florida hasn't lost two in a row. I'll come right back and hammer that same betting angle that I've talked about previously in games involving the Panthers here on the Ice Guys show, where they've just been able to bounce back off a loss. And I expect them probably to do that again here. Uh, I like the Florida side right around even money. And also, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Hurricanes, Panthers have had two straight overs head-to-head. -head. I think we have another one here tonight as well. Jimmy, anything for you? Carolina, Florida. Yeah, I'm loving the over in this, uh, Ian. I, you know, this was almost, I think, my best bet the other night, but I went the other way with the under on Winnipeg, Montreal, and thankfully nailed that. So uh, I like them to continue to go over in this game. I'm not going to touch the side just because they are so back and forth uh, the way these games have gone between these two teams. So let me stick with the over in this one. All right, so uh, over for Jimmy, over for me, Florida for me as well, at around minus 110 in this one. Uh, even though Anthony Duclair, it looks like, is going to be out tonight for the uh, Panthers. He had played pretty well, but you know, you still got a situation where you've got Carter Verhage, Barkov. Frank Vetrano is just just ridiculous right now. Uh, former uh, Bruin, uh, Jimmy. Frank Vetrano doing big things right now with the – yeah, doing big Actually, things right now with the Panthers, playing well. Quickly, too, I'll tell you, where I live now, I live out in Springfield, Mass., uh, on the western side of the state, western Massachusetts, and literally five minutes from where I am right now is his family's uh, pizza establishment called Antonio's Pizza. 
in Springfield. So right around the corner. This is Frank Vecharno land where I'm at right now. All right. Good stuff. So there you go. If you're in Jimmy's neighborhood, you know, support the old pizza joint there. You yeah, have some business. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some of the best pizza places are those nice little small pizza joints. You know, not these chains, not these big oh, yeah, you know, sure. franchises. It's the big, you know, locally owned and operated and run yeah. pizza, uh, pizza businesses. And that's usually where you'll find some of the best pizza uh, that you'll ever uh, eat. Uh, but yeah, good stuff. Good, uh, good to see him doing well too in Florida. And of course, Huberto, yeah, Wenberg. That's another. You talked about Columbus. Or we talked about Columbus having issues. How frustrating is it that Alex Wenberg goes to Florida and now he's putting the puck in the net and making know, an impact? Right? So that'd be frustrating. Yeah, he's one of those kids they were waiting to develop, and he just sort of never could do it there. But uh, he seems to have found his niche down in Florida. No, no doubt. He's he's definitely uh, either he's improved his game or he's needed it. And some maybe sometimes the change of scenery angle sometimes is just what hey. You got a yep. new coaching staff. You got new players around you, new surroundings. It's just, you know, all of a sudden you're going to, it's going to bring a little bit better game out of you. And I think we've seen that with Wenberg and Hornquist done Yeoman's work in the crease. Again, he scored a lot of his goals right in front of the net. So this is a good, damn good Florida team. Ackblad and Wegar and Strawman and Keith Yandel's had a bounce back year on the blue line. And this is a guy that's been somewhat iffy in his own zone at times. So there's a lot to like with Florida, but uh, this has been a good series, Carolina, Florida, every game so far with these two teams head to head has been a good game. Entertaining hockey makes me think hopefully we get a playoff series maybe uh, between these two teams. I wouldn't mind that based on what I've seen so far this season out of them, uh, Vancouver and Winnipeg uh, next game on the uh, rotation. We've got the jets minus one thirty-five home favorites, total six and a half shaded to the under in this one. Uh, certainly it would be Winnipeg or pass for me. I just Vancouver. I know they're saying they're actually, if you look at the last few games, Vancouver's played, they've actually been even, or even you could say they've outplayed the opponent at times, but they're not getting the results. They just aren't. And even Travis green. And at some point when you're actually playing better hockey and you're still not getting the results and the wins on the board, which Vancouver yep. desperately needs right now, based on where they are in the standings, some point that's going to wear on you mentally and it's going to impact your, you know, we're doing the, we're working, we're trying, we're getting chances, you know, we're playing a little bit better defensively and we're still not winning, you know, and that's the problem. And to me, this is, this is a real situation we have going here, Jimmy, in the betting markets with the odds makers here in terms of pricing this Winnipeg team with the way Winnipeg's playing right now. And with how much Vancouver has struggled this season, if this is like Vancouver against, I don't know, Toronto maybe, or, or t Tampa Bay or some team that, you know, people, the betting markets obviously think very highly of those two teams in particular, then Vancouver is, Winnipeg is not minus 130 home favorites if they're a Toronto or Tampa Bay against this Vancouver team. They would be more in the minus 150 to minus 160 range. I still think the odds makers are a little slow, asleep at the wheel here on the way the Winnipeg Jets are playing right now. They're playing yeah. good hockey. Their offense has been good. Pierre-Luc Dubois has gotten it rolling now after a bit of a slow start. They've got an outstanding center ice position now in terms of depth. Their mm -hmm. blue line, I know, is the suspect unit, but they've played I don't think it's more. Well lately. Yeah. Yep. And, of course, you no. got Hellebuck, the reigning Vesna Trophy winner. So, I, for me, it's a small bet on Winnipeg. I, minus 130, I have to. Because, to me, there is a wider gap between these two teams than minus 130. On home ice, too. It's in Winnipeg, this game. So, yeah, yeah Jets minus 130. 
yeah, you could argue flat spot maybe after beating Montreal twice, but Vancouver not playing well enough and they haven't been able to take advantage of these so-called good spots that they've been in all year. So for me, it's Winnipeg minus 130. What do you think, Jimmy? Canucks, Jets. I agree with everything you're saying. And I think Winnipeg, you look at the way they play, you know, they may have some stinkers here and there during the regular season and they've had some dips, but at the same time, when they're on, they're a perfect playoff team. Just the way they play, like you said, they're loaded up the middle. Their defense has come into their own. They got they got the playoff goalie if they want it. And they play a brute force physical game on the forecheck there. Really pound uh, opposing defenses into an oblivion. And, you know, I, I saw the way they handled Montreal like that uh, with those forwards. Really couldn't do much against that Winnipeg defense. And that's not to discredit what Halbeck did, but uh, their forecheck is really tough. So, you know, I'm going to go with the even wider margin here and bring out Jimmy Puckline again. I love the value you can get. I'm looking at a plus 170 on the minus one and a half. So give me the Jets minus one and a half in this one. All right. Like an, uh, another Jimmy Puckline coming to play here. Winnipeg minus one and a half plus 170 uh, with that uh, on the Jets here in this game. They got outshot by Montreal 41-21 uh, on Saturday. It was Montreal did play well, but again, that's when you got hella buck. They, they held the fort. Uh, yeah. and did a really good job, you know, in, in that game, which is, you know, withstanding the Montreal onslaught, finding yep. a way to win here. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, there's a Canuck fan in our chat right now, Brian, uh, Canucks fan for 40 years, and I'm all over the Jets, he says. So there you go. He doesn't have much faith anymore in his team either. So, yeah, and that's the frustrating part. Like, they're, they've, they've been – like, there was a time early in the season, some of those games for the Canucks, it was an embarrassment. They were awful. They were humiliated. They have been, they have gotten better since then, but they're still not getting the result. You know, at the end of the day, yeah. they're still not getting the victories here uh, for, in terms of this hockey team. They got some issues with JT Miller. He's been kind of, you know, I, I don't the p word pouting a little bit. I guess you could say that. Uh, I thought you were going struggled for the mightily. Okay. Uh -huh. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. struggled. This guy for the uh, <laughs> this year, and that's that's a problem too. Considering you know you lost to Foley, you you know Pedersen's been hot up and down. Horvat's been up and down. Besser's been up and down. You need more out of Miller. You definitely do. Yeah, I'll tell you, with the Vancouver Canucks, I, I think, uh, I mean, you could make a strong argument that out of all the NHL teams, they were affected by the pandemic the most. Because I think economically, that forced them not to be able to bring back a Tanif or a Markstrom. I, I think in in his heart, I, I think Jim Benning had a no look. Thatcher Demko was great in the bubble. He showed a promise. He's our future. But I really don't think that he wanted to let Marstrom go. I, I think that was just from above. And, and it, it is what it is. I, you know, like, it, you have to do that. Now, did Benning put him in a bad situation cap-wise with other players heading into the pandemic? Yeah, but he couldn't have foreseen a goddamn pande pandemic coming and the economic crisis that would come with it. So, you know, just a, a firestorm of stuff has happened for the Canucks there. And, and let's not discount the value of Chris Tanif on defense there. You know, uh, uh, Brand am I getting Brandon and Chris confused? I always do. It was Chris, right? Yeah, Chris Tanev is his name. Yeah, yeah. okay. And he was partnered with Quinn Hughes. I think without him now, Quinn Hughes is really taking a beating, and he's really feeling it physically. I think, uh, you know, Tanev was able to kind of pull that away from him and let Hughes uh, be creative out there and play offensively. And right now, he can't do that. He doesn't have that support or that blanket there. So I think that really is an underrated loss of the Vancouver Canucks, and I think that's why you've kind of seen a decline in Hughes, maybe not offensively, but overall in his game. 
Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of gaffes, a lot of just missed uh, missed assignments, missed coverages in his own zone. Uh, now they put him with Travis Hamanick and Travis Green. That's actually a good decision, right? Put him with Travis Hamanick because Travis Hamanick is going to be that guy that's going to be right in front of the net, protecting, be good defensively. We talked about how Calgary was never the same after he got injured defensively when he mm-hmm. played for them. Uh, that's a good pairing. That's a good person to put with Quinn Hughes right now because that's what he's hoping for. Hammond, it can be that defensive backbone on that pair, be in front of the net, be sound defensively, make the right reads, make the good plays, You know, take the guys out in front of the net, uh, and then let Quinn Hughes be that create creator from the back end again on the blue line. So yeah. I like that pairing. Now, is it going to work? We'll have to wait and see. But we'll I see. think in theory, I like what Travis Green's doing. And Travis Green's a bright guy. I mean, this is, is not on Travis Green and all of this. Yeah, they, they shouldn't be talking about his job at all. I think that's just nonsense. This is what it is. Look, this is a team that I think got too good too soon. And we've seen that many times where teams are sort of rebuilding or, or retooling, if you want to call it. And they have this breakthrough season maybe that we didn't expect. And then they kind of revert the next season. The future's bright in Vancouver. They still got a lot of young skill there. They'll, they'll come out of this, you know, in two to three years and be back where they were, you know, playing the way they were in the bubble last year. But it's just one of those things that just happened, and it's too bad. It is. And, and that, that's what happens with the fan base. They see last year, wow, second round of the playoffs. Look at what we've done. Yeah, and then that was they all don't smoke account and for the fact. Yeah, and then they don't account for the fact that they say, okay, Markstrom's gone, Tanev's gone, Toffoli's gone. We've lost some key pieces, but that's okay. We finally broke through that glass ceiling. We can do it again. Doesn't always work that way, and unfortunately, uh, Vancouver uh, finding that out uh, so far this season. Uh, next game on the uh, Monday slate, as we keep it rolling here, we've got uh, – let me just see. I think we're uh, – no, we are in order time-wise. Okay, the rest of the games are all late. So we've got four late games tonight, uh, St. Louis and Anaheim, uh, one of them. Uh, the Blues minus 135 road favorites, total five-and-a-half shaded to the over here in this game. St. Louis got off the schneid. Uh, broke their losing streak, although did it in a wild and crazy and scintillating and just bonkers seven to six shootout uh, against the San Jose Sharks uh, on Saturday night. Uh, I thought that's not, not not a bad best bet for me Saturday night with that over the mm-hmm. total with St. Louis and San Jose. Didn't really have to sweat that one uh, too much. But my theory stands true tonight in this game against Anaheim. You look at the Blues. You know, Craig Berube, they asked him, you can't be happy with your team defensively. He's, he just, you know what he said? He said, hey, it's a win. You know what? I'll, I'll live with it. I'll live with the 7-6 yeah. score. We finally got our offense. Because let's keep in mind, they had been shut down offensively in the two games against L.A. So to see, for him to see his team get seven goals, I mean, he's yeah. gonna, he's not going to, you know, poo-poo that. He's not going to criticize that and, you know, poke holes in, in, in that, that win, even though it was a track meet. They got the offense going, which was something that was desperately needed uh, for the Blues. And like I said, going into the San Jose game, the Carl Gunderson injury is significant. They're already down Colton Pareko, uh, who may or may not come back tonight. Uh, but Gunderson, one of their better shutdowns, stay-at-home defensemen, veteran, just very good and sound in his own zone. And without that, look, the Blues were kind of a you know mess. It was like a fire drill. I said that on Twitter. It was like a fire drill throughout that hockey game against San Jose in their own zone. And I don't think this team's anywhere as good defensively until they get Pareko back. And even when they get him back, I think the Gunnarsson absence and what he does in his own zone is going to be missed. And he's a, one of the leading shot blockers on this team 
as well. You take that out of the equation as well. So I said, there's going to be some St. Louis overs coming in their future. Certainly we got it Saturday night with plenty of room to spare. I think we get it tonight and it goes hand in hand with the fact that Anaheim now has trended a little bit over the total the last few games. Uh, since they brought in Zegras, we've seen a little bit more aggressiveness uh, at the offensive end of the ice. Uh, I think that could carry over uh, to this game tonight uh, against the uh, St. Louis Blues. You got the Blues defense a little bit, again, shorthanded, a little bit vulnerable uh, right now. And you got a total right now five and a half in this Blues-Ducks game uh, at around minus 110. So uh, on the uh, Blues over one more time tonight in this one, St. Louis and I'm over Five and a half minus one ten. I would lean a little to the Blues because sometimes you like the team after breaking a losing streak to maybe get on a run, but not in a rush to uh, lay a buck thirty-five on the road here with the Blues. I lean to them, but I like the over more when it comes to this game. Jimmy, what's your take here with St. Louis Anaheim? Yeah, my take is look. St. Louis has been one of these teams too has been very underwhelming this year, and then you know I, I don't know. A lot of people are saying. Bennington, you know, he needs to be the way he was the other night to play well. Well, I don't know. To me, he looked like a little baby. He looked like a little second grader having a temper tantrum, what he did when he got pulled out of the game. Just disrespectful to his coach, to his team, to his opponent, and to the game. And you know what, Bennington, grow up. That, that was just pathetic. But anyhow, on to this game. Uh, I, I, I would lean towards the Blues as well, but I'm going to pass. I just I can't trust them right now the way – They've been this season, and I think something's really missing there. I think Berube's in a little bit of denial when he when he says that, and you know, isn't worried about the way his team's playing, or maybe he's just a good actor. But uh, they're not in a good spot. The St. Louis Blues still. No, they're not short-handed on the blue line. They've actually still got some key injuries up front as well. But it was nice to see Zach Sanford score, Ryan O'Reilly score, Braden Shen. You know, those are guys that got to elevate even more now with the injuries to Schwartz and Barbashev and Robert Thomas and Bozak and Tarasenko. And like I said, Pareko and Gunnarsson out on the blue line. So there's a lot of injuries on this Blues team, and that's why I'm hesitant to lay the price with them, even though they should be feeling better and a little bit more confidence after finally winning the other night uh, against San Jose. But uh, it'll be a fascinating game. And, yes, St. Louis has done very well. And I talked about the Jordan Bennington uh, incident uh, on uh, from Saturday on yesterday's show. And you're right. It's just, it's, to me, he's just, you know, popping off and then just, you're just skating. Now, we don't know if someone said something. And that's something we still haven't heard a definitive answer on. Yeah. Someone from San Jose chirp him as he was going off the ice. And did that lead to him, you know, giving someone a poke in the chops there with a the stick? A couple of San Jose players he did that too. Or was he just frustrated? And he's like, I'm going to cause a ruckus here to try to wake up my struggling team. I think that's what it was. I don't think anybody said anything. I don't know no, that. Me neither. I'm just surmising, but I think I don't think anyone from San Jose said anything to Bennington. I think he's just saying, you know what? Our team is in a mess right now. We're struggling. We're on a losing streak. We're losing this game right now. I've been pulled. I'm going to ruffle feathers to try to wake us up, inspire the bench, inspire the team. You know, you know, push a couple San Jose guys. Go after Devin Dubnik and almost fight him before going off the ice. Well, well then here's the thing: I think it's just something to try to inspire and wake up his team. I really Did think I that's respect what it that. Might. I respect that, but then don't be such a coward and skate away. Then fight the yeah. guy. You had two chances. You could have fought Carlson right there, and then you could have fought Dubnik. Fight him. You, you know, I respect. Okay, I'm I'm totally for that. I'm still one of the people, the few people like you, and I think Alex is in our on our boat here too. That we believe there is a place for that. Like sometimes a fight can get a team going. It can turn not only a game around but a season. It really can. It can rally a team together. But that wasn't a fight. 
There was a hissy fit. And like, I'm, I'm just, if I'm his teammate, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You look like a moron. Like just either fight the guy or get to the, get to the locker. And that's it. I know. I thought, and he got into a goalie fight, I think in the AHL. Uh, yeah, no, time. he's had plenty of, uh, fight. he got in a fight. Who was it? He almost went at it with somebody in the Stanley Cup finals, a lot more uh, intense than that. I can't remember who it was, but yeah, I mean, he's done that before. This is what, what the heck is this stuff in this Psych, psych, yeah. you know, yeah. like, and then he just, oh, gets up. I thought him and Dubnik were going to go. Darren Pang's getting all excited. Yeah. And I think Dubnik wanted to go. They're going to go. He's like, what the hell was that? Yeah. <laughs> oh man. It was, it was just a bizarre incident. Cause there he is. He's just pushing and shoving a couple of guys, poking the chops with his goal stick goes off. You know, Dubnik, I think Dubnik approached him, but then Bennington went to him and they pushed and that was it. Then he walked on, skated off, yeah. I should say. So it was weird. But yeah, every media member was asking Barube and the Blues players after the game, somebody say something from San Jose to Bennington. And I, 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 I know, we don't know right? the answer. They didn't say, yeah. but I'm going to say nobody said anything. I think that no, was I'm with you. I think that's exactly what happened. I agree with you. I think he was trying to rally the troops, but at the same, yeah. he just didn't do a good job. It just ended up looking really childish. So. But hey, they we won. have seen more fights though this year than usual, and I will say I think these little mini series, you know, have a lot oh, yeah. to do with that. It's opening up the animosity and the anger level. And again, when you play each other, same team, two, three, four games in a row, you eventually get sick of them, and that's yeah. what uh, that's how the uh, animosity can build up. And then you and then you're going to face them in seven game series in the playoffs potentially. After all that, that's it's good. good. I, I can't wait for the playoffs. Yeah, the playoffs. Yeah, there'll be a lot of familiarity by then, oh, definitely, yeah. when it comes to these teams in this divisional format. Speaking of familiarity, Toronto and Edmonton one more yeah. time. We've got the Leafs opening minus 115 road favorites, and now the money's shifting to Edmonton here at around minus 110, total six and a half. We got a lot to tell you about injury-wise, who's in, who's out with this game. We know Austin Matthews, who didn't play on Saturday, is a once again, a game-time decision tonight. He hasn't been ruled out, but right now he's a game-time decision. But the Leafs, again, on Saturday, showed you what they can do even without Austin Matthews. I think Sheldon Keefe and the team kind of cha – he challenged them, and I think the team challenged themselves. Like, we're not all Austin Matthews and a bunch of nobodies. We're a damn good hockey team, even without uh, our big superstar, and they showed it. That was it. That was about as complete – it shows you this Leaf team can do it. When they really bear down, that was impressive. The goaltender, Jack Campbell, on out Saturday night in that win against Edmonton. I mean, to hold Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl, the three shots combined between them, like, are you kidding me? To not take a penalty yeah. in that game against the Edmonton Oilers? Uh, just incredible. And then to get multiple lines chipping in offensively, Spezza scoring again. Uh, that was a that was as uh, impressive a win, especially on the road, as you could ask for. However, there's some issues for Toronto tonight. Matthews may be out again. You know the Oilers will make their adjustments and look to be better. And the even bigger news coming out of Edmonton is Jack Campbell. Gets the shutout. Oh, it's how great it is to have Jack Campbell back. Yeah, great for one game, apparently. Mm -hmm. uh, it looks like he's sidelined again with an undisclosed injury. I don't know when it happened. Did it happen during Saturday's game? Did it happen at practice yesterday? Who knows? But he's not in tonight, and he's not even probably going to be available. And Frederick Anderson's not ready to come back yet either. So it's Michael Hutchinson, a surprise starter tonight, once again in net for the Leafs. Now, Hutchinson's been solid for as much as we have we don't trust him and how much he struggled over the years. Against Calgary, he was solid. 
Against Ottawa, he played pretty good. He gave up one bad goal, and then after that, he was solid. However, Calgary's offense, Ottawa's offense, is it loaded with the, the top-end, top-six you know, explosiveness from a forward standpoint that Edmonton has? <laughs> I'm not so sure. This is going to be a greater challenge here probably tonight for Hutchinson, especially knowing Edmonton's going to adjust some things. You know, when they get shut out and McDavid and Dreisaitl do Bubkus in one game, you can usually count on them to bounce back the next game here uh, in this one. You know, I, I've seen enough in Edmonton to think that this is, and keep in mind, the last time they played Toronto and Edmonton, they lost the first of the two games in Edmonton to the Leafs, and they bounced back and they won the second game. I think they win tonight, Edmonton. Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to go and look toward them minus 110. This is small plays for me on this game because I had passed on this game initially. But now with Hutchinson in, look, he was good against Calgary and Ottawa. He's facing a different animal, I think, with the uh, uh, mcdavid Dreisaitl combination here in this one. And you got to believe, too. Look, Edmonton kind of – they didn't really make a huge deal out of it because, look, they were beaten. They were, the, they were the inferior team on Saturday. But a couple guys did hint, you know, we didn't get a penalty or a power play that whole night. Shouldn't we have gotten one? You know, I know the Leafs did a good job discipline-wise, but to go a whole game without taking a penalty. So you're going to think the whistle is going to go a little bit more in Edmonton's yeah. favor tonight in this game. So I'm on the Oilers for a smaller bet, minus 110. And I'm going to – I was hoping for six with this total, and I wasn't going to bet this over six and a half initially. But now with Koskinen – and Koskinen, to me, I don't trust him. I just don't. He's been on a downward trajectory for a while. There's a reason why Mike Smith's been getting the starts lately, but yet Dave Tippett going to Miko Koskinen tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. So you got Koskinen and Hutchinson. Yeah, I think the goals maybe we didn't see on Saturday. We might see them tonight. So I like the Oilers. I like over six and a half here. Jimmy, what's your thoughts here? Rematch, Leafs, Oilers. Yeah, I'm with you on the offense. I think we'll see in this game. Give me the over as well as an official play. And if I was going to lean, I would go with the Oilers as well. Um, I like the bounce back uh, opportunity here and, and, and just, you know, I, I think one, those, that game, even though Matthews was out and, you know, the, the line shifted so much, I still didn't like the field for it for Edmonton, just because it was one of those back from a road trip, you know, things are going well, and maybe they're going to get a little false sense of comfort. And that's exactly what happened. So I think they bounced back from that tonight, but uh, that's just a lean as far as the side goes. Give me the over as the official play. All right, so just a lean to Edmonton, but officially with the over six and a half, Jimmy, with the Leafs and the Oilers. And that's exactly why Edmonton's a small play for me because Toronto's – they are rolling. They are playing great. Uh, they're more than capable of finding a way to win with or without Matthews again. But with Hutchinson and Nett, with Edmonton, I know going to be a lot more forceful. Uh, Dave Tippett saying they didn't win enough battles. They didn't fight through enough uh, defensive checking uh, by the um, – by the uh, Leafs Saturday. So you'd expect them to be better in those areas here tonight. Fight through those checks. How many times do you hear coaches say that? Fight through the checks. Get Win the one-on-one -on -one puck battles. Uh, I think there's a, a onus to up their intensity and their their effort level in those hard, tough, you know, one-on-one -on -one puck battles, board battles, whatever you want to call them. The Leafs were winning them Saturday. Edmonton's talking about being better in that regard here tonight. Uh, next up, we've got the uh, Minnesota Wild and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, in this one, we've got Vegas, uh, minus 145 home favorites, total five and a half here, shaded to the under in this game. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury confirmed in net for the uh, Golden Knights tonight. He has been absolutely outstanding. 1.59 goals against uh, for him, 941 uh, save percentage as well uh, for the uh, for the uh, Golden Knights. 9-3 uh, and three record 
Uh, he's been absolutely outstanding. Cam Talbot, though, in net for the uh, Wild. This will be, I believe, his second start since he returned. He made a start last week and was very, very good in it for the Minnesota Wild. He'll be in net tonight for Minnesota. Look, Minnesota's rolling. Six in a row. They're playing really good hockey. They've got a good head-to-head track record against Vegas. They're actually one of the few teams in the league that can say, hey, we've done really well head-to-head, and we're beating up Vegas head-to-head since they became a franchise. This wild team can say that. Kirill the Thrill Kaprizov, uh, Kevin Fiala, Joel erickson Eck. I mean, they're getting offensive contributions multiple from multiple players. Zach Parisi uh, finally uh, snapped a, 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 a goalless drought uh, recently for them. Matt Zuccarello. Ryan Hartman chipping in offensively. And Matt Zuccarello, now that he's finally healthy, he's showing, hey, I've still got game. I can still be a difference maker. He's showing you that right now for the Wild. Their blue line now, Dean Evason will tell anyone that will listen how he loves this blue line, how Suter's played well, how Jared Spurgeon's been excellent. Matt Dumba scores a goal the other night against uh, the Kings. Ian Cole, a nice veteran blue liner uh, that they've added, you know, with Stanley Cup experience. Uh, all of a sudden, and they've got Cam Talbot and Capo Kakinen have been more than solid in net. So Minnesota is feeling it. You know, Vegas is playing great as well. But you're, you're going to give me a chance to bet a team that's feeling it, that's won six in a row at a plus 130 uh, underdog price. One of those wins, by the way, being at Colorado. Not many teams have won at Colorado this year. Minnesota was one of those teams. So I'm liking Minnesota here, plus 130. Win or lose, that's to me where this value is in this game with this red-hot wild team. They've done well head-to-head against Minnesota. They're on a roll right now. They showed the ability to beat an elite team when they won at Colorado. So for me, plus 130 is a take on the Minnesota Wild. Jimmy, anything for you here? Wild Golden Knights. Yeah, I'm liking some extra time in this game. Uh, Give me the draw in this one. Uh, I I like a real good game ahead of us with these two teams. As you said, and as Terry tells us, I mean, it's – it's been tough for the Vegas Golden Knights against the Minnesota Wild, and so I think they give them another good battle today. I I, I think it's so evenly matched that I'm just going to go with an overtime. So give me that draw. All right, yeah, the draw is a good option. I, I think it'll be a tight game either way. Vegas plays a lot of one-goal games, uh, so yep. that wouldn't surprise me at all. Plus 335, what you can get yeah, here that. with the uh, draw. So heck of a good price uh, if that game can end up going to uh, overtime. All right, the final game on this Monday card, Colorado-San Jose. We've got the Avalanche, minus 210, road favorites, total six across the board. This has been bet up heavily. Like, this is already a team that opened minus 170 as road favorites, Colorado, and it's moved up 40 cents. That's not a small move. That is a big move. So there's people laying some serious cheddar and serious wood on this Colorado team here, uh, up to minus 210 in this game. Hard to, hard to argue, though. I mean, how is San Jose going to contain the Colorado Avalanche offense if they're giving up seven goals to a previously struggling St. Louis Blues offense the other night, yeah, you know that was now that was Dubnik and Dubnik was just hideous. I mean, there's, that's not even a strong enough word. He was absolutely hideous. It's not going to be him tonight, but still, it's, it's a, a very suspect Martin Jones instead. You know, it's not like that's a significant upgrade by any stretch of the imagination here. So, yeah, it's probably going to be a tall order for San Jose. They've been an over machine most of the season. They continue to struggle defensively. That's where the issues are. Their penalty kill is awful. Their defensive coverage is downright lousy. And, of course, half the time they can't get a save from either of their goaltenders. So it's going to be a tough night probably for Colorado. Um, Initially, if this line opened, you know, where it is, minus 170, you know, I would have looked to Colorado uh, in terms of in regulation. 
But even now, the Colorado and regulation with the 40 cent move, it's all the way up to minus 150. So for me, I'm going to switch that to a puck line. So this is this will be my uh, Jimmy Puck line of the card here. <laughs> Colorado minus one and a half at around plus 120 uh, in this game uh, against the uh, Sharks. Just going to be, I think, tall order for the uh, Sharks. And I also like over the total. Uh, it's over six minus 110. Uh, the Avalanche, I think, can get their offense going here. Remember, the Colorado's played a good checking Vegas team, good defensive Vegas team, uh, you know, a team in Arizona that plays a lot of close, tight to the vest, defensive hockey. Now they get to flex their offensive muscles a bit. If you're Nate McKinnon and Landeskog and Rantanen and Kadri and Burakovsky uh, and you go on down the list, now all of a sudden you can flex your muscles against a much weaker, much more inept defensive hockey team. So this could be the night where, you know, Colorado is overdue for a little bit of an explosion on the scoreboard. It could happen here tonight uh, in this one. So I like Ab's puck line over the total as well here against the Sharks. Jimmy, what's your take here? Colorado, San Jose. You know what? This game, I, I, I agree with everything you just said about Colorado and, and all the reasons they should just walk out of there with a, a you know, after shellacking uh, San Jose. Like, just, it, it should be no contest. But it just reeks to me of one of those, haha, games to the betters. And one of those, you got to be kidding me. When we, you know, you see that you look on the score and you're checking that score in the second period. And the San Jose Sharks are up 2-1 on the Colorado Avalanche. And you're one. Oh, never know. They oh, can score. They've I got a good offense. Timo Meyer is red hot yeah. right now. I, Hurdle. So, so I'm score. staying away from the side on this. Just it just there's something about this game, you know, I guess pun intended, fishy uh to me with the uh, the sharks here. Maybe they're, they're smelling some kind of blood in the water. I don't know. There's something weird about it. I do love the overcall, though. So I'm gonna go official on the over in this game. All right, is liking the over. And to be honest, I like the over a bit more than the puck line as well. I'm on the puck line too. That is a bet, mm -hmm. but it's a little bit better. A quarter unit more personally that I've got on the over uh, in this game. But uh, yeah, I, uh, the trepidation is real because San Jose, they've kept themselves in games because, you know, their power play has been excellent. Just ask yeah. St. Louis. I mean, they couldn't they couldn't kill off any of San Jose's power plays uh, the other night. No, they've, their offense is, 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 is very capable. Uh, that's been okay for San Jose. Yeah. Evander Kane had a big night. Kevin LeBanc, Logan Couture. Like I said, Meyer has been absolutely outstanding uh, as of late. No, they're getting the offense. It's just they can't keep the puck out of their own. And that being said, though, you look at, you look ahead at Colorado's schedule. I'm looking at it right now for this week, and I mean, you know, if they, you know, good teams beat bad teams. That's what a good team does. They win the games they should. So if they, I believe they're a cup contender and they are a good team, uh, they've got a week ahead where if they play their cards right and they don't overlook their opponent, I mean, they can they can gain some huge ground in the standings here uh, and make up, obviously, for a lot of lost time they've had with uh, COVID and stuff. So they could gain some steam here if they play their cards right. Yep, they've no got doubt. The Ducks too, after the uh, Sharks. They've got the Sharks one more time and then the Ducks, I think, twice. So this is a good chance for them to move ahead. Yeah, no doubt. And again, the Avalanche got... You know, six different players scored for them against Arizona, six to two. Uh, and before that, they had really they had scored five goals in three games combined before that six-two win against Arizona. So that's a sign. Floodgates opening a little bit here, and you know, should open again against this uh, San Jose Civ defense. We'll see if that is indeed uh, the case tonight uh, for the Avalanche. All right, great stuff. Uh, we gotten through the analysis of every game on the Monday NHL card. Before we get to best bets, hey, we're rolling. 
We had a three and zero sweep with best bets on Saturday. Two and zero sweep from Alex and I on actually three and zero if you include Jimmy's that we tweeted out uh, before the show because he liked Bruins in regulation uh, as well, which was his best bet. So it's uh, been a good weekend with best bets. We'll see if we can keep it going here today uh, on the Monday show. Before we get to best bets, we want to remind you to download the Sports uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app. Sign up for an account and use the promo code THPN. You'll be able to get bet bonuses, uh, deposit bonuses, uh, incentives, uh, and all kinds of different exclusive deals week to week, specific games on the uh, betting board that you'll be able to get some betting incentives by using the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, So make sure uh, you download the uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up, and use the promo code THPN. All right, best bet time. We're going to try to keep this good streak going, Jimmy. Uh, how are we going to try to keep the profits going with the best bets tonight? I'm going to go with my puck line on the Jets. Uh, give me the Jets minus one and a half is my best bet tonight over the Vancouver Canucks. All right, Jimmy, puck line in action with the uh, Winnipeg Jets tonight minus uh, one and a half goals at plus 175, and a really good price uh, as well. That is uh, Jimmy's uh, best bet of the night. Uh, Mine is going to go right back to uh, the game we just finished talking about. Colorado, San Jose, uh, over six, minus 110. Uh, I think that game gets over the total. I used San Jose over the total on Saturday as a best bet winner. And we'll see if we can uh, duplicate that here on Saturday. Again, Colorado, the one thing you could have said about them the last week or so, the loss to Minnesota, a couple of the games against Vegas, their offense really wasn't clicking well, they got it on track against Arizona, and now they're facing the weakest defensive hockey team they've faced in a, in several games here tonight. So I think we get goals, and I think San Jose will contribute to the scoreboard too because their offense has been fine. Yeah. Uh, we'll go over the total here with Colorado and San Jose. Over 6, minus 110, Colorado, San Jose, my best bet for this Monday card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys NHL Hockey Betting Show. Thanks to everyone for watching live on YouTube and listening and downloading the uh, podcast version of the show in audio form, which is another reminder that if you can't watch us live on YouTube, download the audio podcast version of the Ice Guys so that you get every single uh, game uh, and the analysis for those games from a betting perspective each and every day from us here at the Ice Guys crew. For Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Tuesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.